Assalamu alaikum, everyone. Uh, for joining us for another episode of the House of Arkham. I am joined again today by Brother Malik Abu Luqman. Uh, say salam, Malik. Wa alaikum as-salam wa barakatuh. How are you doing, Anas? I am very good. How are you doing today? I am doing well. Alhamdulillah. Eid Mubarak to everybody. Yes, yes, I forgot. Eid Mubarak to everyone. This is our Eid episode. <laughs> uh, it's it's not exactly uh, light, uh, but inshallah, it'll it'll be beneficial. Um, so what we wanted to talk about this time uh, in the context of, you know, things that we've been seeing more topically in the news, but just generally like a, a social conflict or discussion that comes up a lot, uh, definitely in non-Muslim spaces, but very much in Muslim spaces as well, is this whole idea of men versus women, feminism versus anti-feminism, being a red-pilled based guy versus like being a social justice warrior, feminist woman, right? And I, I really wish I could say that this, these are topics that are exclusive to, to non-Muslims who don't have guidance and who don't have a way of navigating these social issues. But unfortunately, this uh, culture of conflict and and the hypersensitivity around, you know, the way the other gender is talked about has definitely seeped into to Muslim culture, especially online culture, but I think offline Muslim culture as well. So we kind of wanted to talk about that. And, you know, the topical portion of this, I guess, was, uh, you know, the uh, the Johnny Depp Amber Heard court case, which is interesting because I think it and I don't know what you think about this, Malik, but I think it, it took two of the issues that are very much on the minds of people when they talk about men, women issues. And it really brought it to the forefront. The first of those being abuse, right? Like in the context of Me Too and, you know, all that powerful men being abusive towards women uh, in this context, you know, his wife, right? Uh, allegedly. And the other, uh, you know, whether courts especially, uh, you know, courts that deal with marriage and divorce uh, are pro-women or not, which is something that, you know, uh, people who are on the men's rights activism side of things uh, always say. Uh, well, what do you what do you think about that, Malik? Yeah, just to clear, I think it's a good way of kind of opening up the issue because I think that that's one of the one of kind of the challenges when it comes to um, when when looking at the so men-women relationship kind of issue is that, you know, there's there is like when you look at this sort of like, especially when you look at Hollywood, like a Hollywood couple like Johnny Depp and Amber Heard, there's a sort of, uh, you know, kind of, uh, you know, kind of allure and, you know, that sort of kind of the, the relationship aspect of it, you know, which is kind of showcased in Hollywood and movies and things like that. Right. Mm. And then you have the stark reality when things don't work out, what happens? And I think I think that one of the most important things is that when you look at these things is that, you know, freedom has a footnote and that is you have to live with your consequences, live, live with your choices. And you have and that is not really well advertised when it comes to uh, when it comes to um, uh, capitalism, mm. when they when they when when we when they talk about they talk about the freedom part but they don't talk about having to live with, with the choices you make and yeah that sort of came out quite large in that whole trial as you saw most and most people probably empathize with Johnny Depp on that on that side of the thing on that side of that on the case of course there were some people who thought Amber Heard was the continued uh, to believe that she's the victim yeah but I think uh, you know people on the whole uh, kind of saw saw Johnny Depp as the victim and I think that I think one of the most important things about this is that importance as Allah Subhanahu wa Taala ordered us to be just and yeah. that uh, when we when we look at a kind of situation is that we don't necessarily jump to conclusions as to what it is and you know if we can't get both sides then we should you know reserve judgment right but i think that this case really highlighted how uh, you know that you know oppression is not limited to men both men and women can be oppressors and that that it's not automatically the man or the woman that is the oppressor but that it is uh, that you know you have to kind of see you know case by case you know what exactly is going on uh, in in that sort of situation and who's really telling the truth and who's really not on the, on the men's side. I think that this, this, this case that because of its, um, the fact it was, you know, kind of out there, it really, you know, kind of helped to kind of illustrate that kind of point that, you know, because I think it's, it, I think for most of us, it's a given, it's a well-known thing that there's domestic violence and that, you know, men, you know, are, you know, do engage in domestic violence uh, yeah. you know, in the in the broadest sense, not, you know, specific to the Muslim community or non-Muslim community, but that there is, there is a problem of domestic violence in Canada and America and other, and the world really. The world, yeah. And I, and, you know, I think to that is that, you know, when we look at that, that, some, that, that, that kind of reality, I think that what we 
we have to kind of, you know, reconcile is that we live in a very violent world, right? Like it's not like, um, you know, when uh, we, when we look at how uh, the foreign policy of, you know, the strongest nation on earth or even in history, they use violence as a way to kind of resolve their problems with the nuking the Japanese yeah. um, or it's, you know, invading Afghanistan, even though the, even though the Taliban at that time offered to uh, hand over Osama bin Laden, sometimes people forget that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or even in Iraq, you know, Iraq, there was no weapons of mass destruction and it's still they use violence. And, and I think that, that people sometimes forget how violent that is to, you know, kind of world we live in and that, you know, that kind of, uh, kind of propensity kind of, kind of mixes into this thing. So it's, we, you know, we should kind of look at that, like people will blame, you know, other things, but they won't kind of blame the fact that, you know, this is the kind of world we live in, right. And that, that kind of filters down, right. And, uh, you know, that, that, that violence that you see, uh, or, and know, uh, that kind of drives the world is, is something that's kind of important. I, I think, I think that's so interesting. Cause I remember when I was much younger, I saw, uh, I'm going to mention names now that some people might not know, but but I think Malik will. Uh, it was Bill O'Reilly uh, interviewing Marilyn Manson, right? Um, those are two names a lot of people might not know anymore, <laughs> right? Uh, and they were talking about uh, Marilyn Manson, the singer who like, you know, dresses up in, uh, in makeup, I guess, right? And uh, does very like dark you know, like uh, kind of demonic music or whatever, right? Um, and uh, Bill O'Reilly was asking him whether he felt responsible for like, you know, things like the Columbine shooting, right? Right. Um, and Marilyn Manson's response to Bill O'Reilly, which, I mean, I, and this is not me being pro Marilyn Manson, just to be clear, right? Right. But he said something interesting. He said, you know, you talk about me, but like while that's going on, the precedent is coming on TV and like bombing the Balkans, right? And like, that's how he's resolving his issues right um and so is it me is it my like you know dressing up and and making music or is it that the kids recognize that the most powerful people on earth resolve their issues that way right yeah um and that's i i think i mean you know not to take anything away from Marilyn manson's culpability and promoting an indecent or, or unproductive lifestyle i think that is a good question right absolutely absolutely and it's like it's like they there's a term in, in corporate uh governance it's called uh tone at the top right and that that's, hmm. And I think that's important for us to recognize is that when you have, you know, even even that we live in settler colonial, you know, kind of states, which, you know, you know, destroy the indigenous populations. Right. In contrast yeah. to how Islam and Islam, you know, you know, when the Ottomans or the Muslims, even like us, you and me, we're not we're not the descendant of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So when no. the armies came into our lands, it's not like they didn't just, you know, put blankets with a, a disease on them and kind of spread it to us so that they could just clear cut us and, you know, take over our lands. Right. No. You know, so it's. Like, you know, that that that's kind of sometimes it's forgotten how violent, uh, you know, how much violence is really in the in the in the societies. Right. And and that when you see it's it's this it's it's this problem of individualism. You look at this guy and you say, oh, he's a he's crazy for or this even this woman. Right. Like, you know, you think she's crazy because she uh, you know, she's she's abusing this man or, you know, she's, uh, you know, getting at, at this uh, this, um, uh, you know, like we saw with Johnny Depp. Yeah. Yeah. But it's really that we live in in societies that um, that are predatory like the capitalist system is predatory uh, by design and it's and in, and in its nature what what do you what do you think about because I mean you know in this case obviously the court sided with with Johnny Depp right um at least the American one did right but what do you what do you think about the argument that is made by a lot of guys because I mean I guess the reason why I mean this is relevant is because obviously if men and women see each other through terms of conflict they won't be able to trust each other right they won't be able to start families with each other or even if they do start families families with each other, there's always going to be a level of, of trust that is missing if that is what is in the larger culture, right? And so if we if we kind of look at some of these grievances, uh, at, you know, there's a lot of guys that have grievances, uh, at least anecdotally, about the court system, right? Where they say, especially in terms of divorce court, that if you if a woman can make accusations against you, drag you through court, you know, take your kids, take your house, uh, and that marriage is a, is a mistake, in that context, right? It's so much so that I remember uh, when uh, a sister was was uh, uh, killed in the United States, 
a, a Muslim sister, and there was the questions about why some of the 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 men around her were not able to protect her, um, and you know, kind of uh, have her not, you know, go through that. Uh, some guys were saying, you know, girls these days they're crazy; they're not worth giving up your life for, right? Um, like that's kind of how it's gotten. So, what, what what do you what do you think about what do you think about that perception of the court system? I think it's interesting. I think it's I think it speaks to the problem. Like, a, there's a larger problem in society that we all feel alienated by our society, whether you're a man, whether you're a woman, whether you're a Muslim, whether you're a non-Muslim, like whatever, whatever sort of identity you have in a real sense, not in, not in the sort of the identity politics sense, but like whatever you, you know, subscribe to, right? Whether you, yeah. even, even as a rich person, right? And I think that perception that people have, it's because it kind of boils down to the essence of, again, freedom is, you know, leads to, indivi- is, is a, is a precursor to individualism because when, when they freed, they freed the individual. But that also means that, as I said, is that you have to live with your choices. Yeah. That also means is that you have to live with, it's up to you to figure your own problems out. Like there is no hidayah, there's no guidance in society. There's no right and wrong. Uh, there's no ideal society, right? Yeah. It's just in your own head, right? What that is. And that doesn't really exist in the center of society, if you will. And, and I mean that in a sort of a conceptual sense, not like actual center of society. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think that, you know, I can understand and I can empathize why men would come to that conclusion, right? They have certain experiences with the court system um, where, you know, and, you know, when you read the horror stories that what men go through, uh, they kind of, you see how they are kind of denied, uh, you know, access to, uh, you know, their kids and things like that. And, and that does happen. And it's not to say that it doesn't, right? However, the flip side is also there is that, which is that, and that's the the tragic part of this kind of the, the, the system is that men, women also have that experience with the system, right? Yeah. Is that, you know, that there's a place in, uh, in Ontario called Luke's place, which is a, uh, uh, which is a place for, you know, kind of, uh, battered women and, 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 and women who are the victims of domestic violence. Sure. They also, they also like the, the reports that they're coming out with is that they're also, you know, having, you know, kind of, you know, kind of challenges, uh, you know, that, you know, with, with like most, most of the time charges are not late when, when the, when the individual, because there's a, it has to be beyond a reasonable doubt that the, that the, the domestic violence took place. And because domestic violence takes place in the home, and there's no witnesses there usually. Yeah, it's very hard to prove, right? Like even if there's this kind of different, so so only 45% of women uh, had a criminal charge being laid, and that doesn't mean that the person actually was charged because you know there's no fast track, there's no like magical system for women for reporting domestic violence. It's not like those that that's going to be fast tracked or anything. Like it could take years, right, to kind yeah. of process that, right? And while that's happening, even if even even if that person is found guilty, uh, you know they still have to kind of they still have to work as if this person hasn't done anything to them, even though, you know, you know, in let's say hypothetically something was done to them, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, they still have to work with that kind of process. It's like, and that's one of the things is that one of the main problems with this report that was published in 2008, nearly 63%. So the core process was too time consuming, right? So, yeah. so that's, you know, when you look at that and there's a kind of other kind of statistics in there, right? Um, one of the interesting thing is that uh, custody was, uh, sole custody was only awarded to the woman only about 18.6% uh, of the time. So less than 20%, about 40% of the time, uh, the father's still involved. And, uh, there was 22% of the time uh, that they have supervised access, which is obviously as a father, uh, especially if you're innocent, right? Like that seems, uh, you know, kind of quite punitive. That's a raw deal, yeah. Yeah. So uh, so, so what I'm trying to say is that when you look at the statistic, it's not like the women are coming and say, yeah, we're winning and this is great. We run the world and stuff like that. <laughs> they're, they, they're also... It's I, I think it's so tragic that when you look at the society that whether you're a man or a woman, there really is no place for either of those people, right? Like when you subscribe to either side, no one is happy with the system. And I think that's quite telling about what uh, where, where, what, where we come to as uh, especially the capitalist system, what it really offers uh, humanity. Okay, sure. But I guess I guess my question then is, because the men who are have grievances with the court system, they believe what's driving their grievances is feminism in the court system, right? right. So they think that the reason why the court is not going to take care of them is because the court is too pro-woman, right? But here you're presenting a perspective where women who are going into the court system, women who are trying to get justice through the justice system, are having similar complaints and would probably argue that, you know, it's because the system is too pro-men, right? So as an example, like, uh, uh, I remember, I don't even remember his name now. He was a, uh, like a, like a, 
a chief justice. I, I don't know what they're called in the States. I get, I guess like a district attorney for, or a sheriff for some state. He was pardoned by Trump. I think his name was Joe Arpaio or something like that. That's right. Know. Joe Arpaio. Yeah, there you go. That guy. Um, And he, during his time, there were like thousands and thousands of rape kits that had never been processed. Right. Right. Like, like think about that. You've got a woman, she's been raped. She's not making an accusation on social media. She's not like, you know, like, you know, you know all the things that, that, that you could accuse someone like that of, right? Uh, she's going to the police, having an invasive test done in order to be able to prove uh, and get justice for a terrible thing that's happened to her. And that kit, you know, the actual test result is just sitting there with the cops, not even being processed, right? Like, it's it's crazy. Um, And they would say, those women would say it's because the system is pro-men, right? And so if you're saying the system isn't pro-men, it's not pro-women, then what's driving that sense of alienation that both men and women are feeling? What is the court then? Who does it represent? It really represents money and psychopathic behavior. Like that's the kind <laughs> of the behavior that gets rewarded, right? And it's and I think that there's a, there's a certain amount of self-selection here. Like if you're a decent man and your friends are decent, you know, that is your, your, that's your experience. So you'll hear about this, the, the men who are victimized by the system, right? Yeah. Similarly, if you're a woman, you know, and you're, you're decent, and your friends are decent, you'll hear about women who are victimized by the system, right? Like it's very, it's rarely like, you know, people who are, you know, who are crazy and who are kind of use like these um, kind of tactics that, you know, kind of hang out together, right? And it's uh, yeah. those kind of people are usually quite isolated. You know what I mean? Like they don't, you know, they're, they, they have a certain kind of, um, uh, they, they have a certain kind of ecosystem around them, right? Like a one that comes to my mind is a kind of like Steve Jobs, Steve Jobs, who denied the, you know, that he was the, when he, with his first child, he denied he was the, he was the father, right? Yeah, denied his paternity. Yeah, yeah. So, but he had he had a sort of because he was rich and he had a certain ecosystem, and you know he was able to get away with that, right? Because you know he had that um, you know that position in society and as an innovator and these types of things and so on, right? Uh, yeah. But you know, obviously, when you look at that from an Islamic perspective, you kind of you look at that and it, it's quite it's quite an indictment of the system to understand that how someone so uh, seen as uh, you know successful is 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 like you know kind of denies one of the you know. Uh, you know, like that, yeah. that thing. Of course, there's kind of problems, you know, because it was the child was born out of wedlock. Yeah. But but to that end, you know, regardless, like, you know, he was worth half a billion and he's not paying anything for that child is is uh, like unfathomable for a Muslim to, when you look yeah. at that. Right. But that's that's the kind of, you know, that that type of when, when you look at these these types of things, like one of the tactics, um, you know, abusers will do is what they'll do is they will uh, they will contact. Like, so, for example, if they know they if they think the they're that the victim is going to leave. Yeah. What they'll do is they'll contact all the lawyers in their circle, right, to make sure that that when when that when the the the, the victim of domestic violence will tries to contact that lawyer, the lawyer will say, "Look, I can't talk to you because I already talked to your spouse, mm. and you know they are, uh, you know, so now there's a conflict of interest, right?" Yeah, yeah. Now, now you would not, you would not like how how many <laughs> how many how many men would know that's a thing to do? Most decent men wouldn't know that's like they wouldn't like follow that. <laughs> no, <laughs> they wouldn't do that, right? Because they're decent people right yeah, yeah that's but that's the system rewards that type of behavior so if you know how to play the system whether you're a man or a woman yeah you know how to do that and the, similarly if you are naive about the system you get played by the system that's what happens right like if you one of the most important things that as you know whether it's this situation or anything is when you it's never to open your mouth when you when the cops come you have to keep your mouth shut yeah right now if you start blabbing and saying this and that and that they as the as you know as they say on tv everything you say and do can be using you against you right yeah if you keep your mouth shut and you don't say anything that not not, you know i mean that's that's the part of the thing is that you have to know what what is the system you have to know what is uh what is going on and that the people who do not do know the system and do know how to play the system and those people are the ones whether they're men or women who are the uh oppressor uh that's that's they know how to play play you right so they know even how to press your button so that you'll break a court order and then guess what the cops come and say look you broke the court order and you know and, and then you're a dumbfounder because you're like this good decent person you thought you think you can just explain yourself and everything will be better <laughs> but that's not how things work and if you don't know that like one of the most important things is a keep your mouth shut like in these kind of situations right Right? Yeah. And B, get a good lawyer, right? Like you yeah. have to, it's unfortunate, but you will not survive that onslaught without good legal counsel. Um, and, um, you know, that, uh, you know, without, without that, 
sort of strategizing how to like how to do things so that you know that when the when the facts come out in the in in, in the sort of the in a trial or in a court situation or any kind of legal proceedings you have those facts on your side yeah i think i think so i guess i what what you're saying in there is that the the people who are just decent normal human beings that maybe have an implicit trust in their decency and their common sense being able to resolve issues right because you know that's probably how they experience the rest of their life right um, uh, when they're pushed up against this behemoth of a justice system, you know, quote unquote, um, they realize that it is the people who have more money and who are willing to play dirty who are actually going to get what they want. Hundred percent. And I think that you know, when we look at uh, the calls for, for uh, uh, voting in the in the Muslim community, which we, which is obviously haram to vote for uh, to rule uh, for a party that will not rule by what Allah Subhanahu wa Taala has revealed, yeah. I think a lot of that comes from because they don't deal with the court system. I think if they dealt with the court system, they really understood, um, you know, kind of the the, the trauma and the and the and the and the sort of the the how it's it's just uh like it's the it's basically the law of the jungle there whoever has the most money has the most uh has the highest price lawyer highest price lawyer will win and it has yeah. nothing to do with justice it's yeah. not it's not it's it's not like the it's not the justice of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam it's not the justice of Abu Bakr may Allah be pleased with them or the other Khulafa Rashidin may Allah be pleased with them all and I think that that's part of the thing is that what I would say and just to kind of add to that is I think that pro- the problem is that we we think that the court system is like law and order, right? Like we are yeah. propagandized, and I and I and I don't and I don't mean to be um, uh, what he what he's saying to to say that to look down on that. And, and in fact, I think that's part of the the reality of capitalism is that a lot of it survives because our minds absorb this reality. Like, how do you really know what happens in court when you really look at it? It, it probably is because you've been informed by these kind of when you look at really look at it we've we've been informed by movies and television things like that, and we really don't go and systematically study court proceedings like this luke uh this this report i pulled how many people would have read that report yeah right? uh, we don't have a good uh we don't have a good understanding of, of the true reality unless you're an activist unless you're an imam unless you are a, you know someone who's involved in the community and understand what really happens. I don't know how the, the, the system really works, right? Like I know this, uh, when you hear about like, you know, malpractice suits against doctors, for example, like, or like when you have, uh, you know, someone gets hit uh, by like, you know, someone's gets into a, like, let's say, I remember this one guy at work, he, he wasn't Muslim, but I remember he got into a car accident. Mm. And it was like, you know, trying to get the insurance claim and years and years and years and years and years, he's trying to get his insurance claim and, you know, it's not going anywhere, right? And that yeah. the thing is, and then and the people told him, it's like, look, if you're looking for justice, you're not going to get justice. And that's, that's, if you really understand how the system works, uh, that's how, that's, that's what it is. And that's what we have to really understand that this is not a justice system. And, and we shouldn't, as Muslims, especially, we shouldn't be surprised, right? Because kufr doesn't work, right? Like this, you know, like if you, if you have a law other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it's not going to work uh, because it's not designed by, by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Like whether it's something as basic as what is a witness, how do you, how do you understand what a good witness is? Yeah. Um, you know, something as, as quote unquote as quote unquote mundane as that um you know how are you, you going to achieve a like justice when you don't refer to you know the creator of the heavens and earth i mean the the cops here will use a criminal who has the motivation of reducing his own sentence as a witness right like <laughs> islamically it's like wait what like but how is he trustworthy right like yeah, how would that, how really would that even it. work right like that doesn't that doesn't make any sense but it's like oh no no he's he's a witness he's the state's witness and then they leave it to the persuasiveness of the defense lawyer to be able to point out those other mitigating factors right yeah um, but it's not like the judge themselves will just be like no no this person is not coming into my court they're clearly going to lie on stand right yeah <laughs> like that's just that's in islam that would be something that's abundantly obvious right um but uh in our in our in the system that we live in that's that's not the case um i guess if we tie in what we were talking about before about living with the consequences of your freedom and then you know taking a look at this sham of a justice system i i think i i think you have we have to make that connection right that if someone is you know if we live in a free society right which gives us no social system 
system, no justice system that really values relationships, that really values, you know, the things that give life meaning, like your family or, you know, the family you're born into or, you know, your spouse or, you know, the society you're in and the kind of connection that you have with it, right? It doesn't, it doesn't care about any of it, right? Um, and so you're already left with no guidance as to how to choose a mate, as to how to, you know, treat your parents and how your parents are supposed to treat and raise you. You're already left completely in the cold there, right? And then if as a result of that, you run into a conflict with, you know, your spouse, now you are ushered into a system in which once again, because of the inherent individual nature of, you know, of, of society, you have people that are operating in their own best interests, which are lawyers, right? Which is an industry of, of divorce, right? 100%. Uh, and so you, there's no way for you to navigate the system, right? There's no way for you to be like, look, I'm a decent person. They're a decent person. Let's figure this out, right? It's like, no, no, now you're with us, right? Okay, cool. Well, uh, uh, you know, if you're the woman, uh, can we accuse your husband of abusing the child, right? Uh, can we accuse your husband of being negligent this way or, you know, this, this way or something like that, right? Um, and the same would go for the for the men, right? Um, what can we accuse, what can we accuse your wife of? And so, you know, you're, we're, we're sold this like vision of freedom, which is like, oh, you know, no one bothers you. You can do what you want. You have dreams. You can go achieve them. But, you know, like now you're living it and you realize that you're lonely. You have no meaningful relationships. You can't trust anyone, <laughs> right? Those are the consequences yeah. of, of, I mean, not a choice because none of us chose the system, right? But at least those are the consequences of that vision that you were sold, right? Yeah. I think, and I think that's, I think that one of the, one of the points to clarify is that we're sold that freedom is a vision when in reality it's an absence of a vision because to be mm. truly free there can be no concrete um definition of what is success or what does good look like you know what i mean yeah like what is what is what is it what does an ideal family look like right yeah and you know this is obviously you know the, the the idea of a nuclear family is something so like that's not you know it seems so like leave it to beaver like so that's yeah. you know, something from the a relic from the 50s and that you know you know given this this um kind of discussion we're having it's like you know like the the, the you know the men are on one side and hating women and the women on the other side hating men from a you know secular perspective yeah and there's no articulation to say hey here's the ideal vision because that can only come from Allah subhanahu wa right like the ideal vision that can only be uh you know can 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 bring tranquility to us is that yeah. when Allah subhanahu wa has said yeah no this is this is what 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 it is because you can have sabr right if if you're supposed to have sabr yeah at a certain kind of point yeah um, and then also your rights are not it's not that you are demanding them as a as a person right it's a, this is what Allah has the right like so for example the, the woman has a right to maintenance right so for example yeah. the woman in Islam uh, you know that uh, the uh, the husband must provide for her so for example even in, in our in culturally uh, the you know that when uh, when a woman wants to have her own place and have her own thing and, and the husband can afford it he has to he has to provide for her, that for her right absolutely and and it's not out of uh, you know it's not out of vanity it's not that that's her that's her right and it's not that's that right. you know, yeah it's it's Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who declared that right right yeah. so you know if as a Muslim as a Muslim uh, you know husband in that situation you're like well that's what Allah's defined it I mean I don't like it I'd rather live here or wherever yeah but you know Allah's, <laughs> Allah's decided and Allah, what does that mean you know what I mean we pray five times a day we we you know fast a month of Ramadan the whole point is like uh, you know as we know the point of uh, Ramadan is that we learn taqwa taqwa for what for that moment when you have where your wife is asking you to move out and you don't really want to right and <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's it's when it's when the hukum of Allah actually costs you something, right? Yeah, absolutely. for you to say I am willing to forego my individual interests, you know, or my vision of what I thought, like, you know, my life would look like, you know, for for Allah's command, right? Uh, because yeah. I trust that. Um, and and I, I guess I guess you know if you if we take what we've said about the court system as a microcosm, right, of what's going on in all these discussions that I was talking about, right? These discussions about men and women roles in marriage, uh, these discussions about men being inherently toxic or women being inherently, you know, seeking to rebel from Allah's command or something like that, right? Right. Um, what's what's really driving all these discussions is is real hurt, right? Like real hurt and real uh, alienation from the system, from a, from a system that has given you or, 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 or that has made the aspiration towards guidance very difficult or very theoretical. Yeah. So if you're a guy who's 
growing up here, right? And I can I can speak from personal experience on that. Like you're not you're not really sure like what what you're supposed to be, right? Like this idea of being, you know, like a strong man that, you know, goes to work and, you know, comes home and, you know, like it provides for his family and and, you know, uh all that. It seems as you said outdated, right? It doesn't seem yeah. like it doesn't seem like a thing that happens, right? Or that is realistic. And uh as as a woman, like you're told that, you know, being someone who is primarily concerned about, you know, your own life. So I mean, you know, being being a woman, you know, if you're if you're told that being primarily concerned with, you know, your domestic duties and raising your children and making sure that, you know, that's something you've done well before you move on to other responsibilities you have towards yourself or your family or your community or, you know, whatever else you're a dawah, whatever else it is you're doing. Like that's that's considered limiting. That's demonized, right? Yeah. So like these aspirational kind of roles that Allah's given us that we should be aspiring to um, are considered bad. They're considered limited. They're considered outdated. And so then what, do you, like, then what do you have, right? Like what do you really have when you go out there? And then when you encounter difficulties, when you encounter the other person and, you know, maybe you, you meet a guy who's, you know, a bit egoistic, not as responsive to your needs or even downright abusive, right? Mm. Or as a guy, you meet a girl who maybe, you know, the dean is not as big of a focal point in her life, right? Yeah. Um, and, you know, we have to be honest. I mean, the in the context of freedom, women have it harder than men in Islam, right? Like in the context of freedom, there are more restrictions on a woman's just, indiv- if we look at it from a material individualistic perspective, there is more she has to do in order to be meeting her obligations, right? So it might be easier for her to slip on some things, right? And if you see that and you're like, oh, well, you know, this means, you know, women are, are not religious or men are toxic. And then and then what usually comes from that is that this man or this woman who now has this negative experience with the opposite gender, instead of turning it into a like realization about the system we live in, because we're just individuals, it, it, this realization has come to individually, right? That, oh, that means, you know, women are bad and I'm going to do this. Or that means men are bad and I'm just going to go do that, right? Instead of realizing, no, we live in a we live in a society there's a collective uh strength to that right and it is this society that is creating this kind of behavior rewarding this kind of bad behavior and that there are things i can do you know there is a solution that i can be a part of there is a community i can aspire to be a part of that is looking to address these issues through wahi through guidance right yeah and that's that's an important point because one of the when i talk to um you know to to non-muslims about islam one of the ways that i sort of tackle the issue of freedom is to kind of point out that the very marriage contract that is the basis of human existence, like the union of man and wife uh, in, you know, from which, you know, the mother and the father from which are, you know, which, you know, which we emanate from. Yeah. Freedom is is at war with that. And that because when you think about freedom, like freedom in in a very like, you know, like in a, in a, how do people experience freedom? Like from a, you know, at experientially, it's, it's like, I'm talking about for non-Muslims, it's through Zina, like in, at campuses, right? Like when, when they go leave home, and they party and partying, you know what I mean? Partying all the intoxication and zina. Yeah, yeah. That's the that's what freedom really comes down to, right? And when you when you look at that, like if that if you in, like when you look back and you think your university years were the best, and the, the the challenge is when you have to settle down. Can you really settle down? Because now, you, like as as again, I'm talking about as non-Muslims, uh, because you this culture, like this thing, if you go and you go away on a trip, why why are you going to stay faithful to your spouse? Right. Yeah. Because if because the thing is that you've been cultured on this idea of freedom that you can do whatever you want. And so this this contract, they, they call it ball and chain, right? Like this contract you look at as, as a ball and chain, right? Right. And you don't look at it as as a framework for how we should live. And, and I think that's what Islam, what it does is that it, it creates this idea that we're in this together. Yeah. Right. You know, that as a husband and wife, that what it what it helps us to recognize is that tranquility that comes from collaboration, right? That comes from, from the, you know, kind of, which is, which is, is obviously the right, whether, you know, that is obviously the right aspect of that. And that's why I use it as a way to kind of create that discussion with non-Muslims, because you can see that, okay, wait a minute, how can the, the core of human existence, which is the family be incompatible with, with, you know, with freedom, right? Like how can that be like a thing? Cause you want to, like, that doesn't make sense. Right. And yeah. because on Islam, on the other hand, what it does is that it, it, it forces that collaboration, right? Like where, you know, for example, both men 
men and women should get lower their gates, right? Like both yeah. of both of we should create a, a society where we can be where the you know that when we're with each other that we can be professional with each other without it always without it resorting to uh, flirting or any of these you know echtelat you know like free mixing yeah. and these types of things. There's like if we if we as men and women work together to create that environment of, of uh, when we're working together in business that we only talk about business, you know that that creates a that creates tranquility for everybody, not just the woman, not just the man, for everybody, yeah. right? And it yeah. becomes that well, that's not the place for Islam says this is not the place for that type of uh, interaction. That type that type of interaction is solely restricted for husband and wife, right? And and what do you do with these kind of clear boundaries? You you don't end up in those kind of troubles, right? Like like when you look at the kind of the you know some of those uh, Harvey Weinstein, like why is like you know like you hear about like women going into his into his in, 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 khulwa, like in seclusion yeah. with with him, and then problems happen. Whereas Islam has rules against that, right? And yeah. some of the women who got away is because they brought a male with them, right? Yeah. Uh, to uh, you know to to kind of to intervene if, if something were happened, right? So 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 what I'm trying to say is that is that when you have these kind of rules that govern the the the, the relationship between men and women, it has a clear vision of this is what's right uh, conduct. And I think what it, what separates when we're talking about from uh, from this kind of perspective, and I think more broadly, is the concept of collaboration in Islam. That that it, it's the reality of human existence. If we don't collaborate and work together, how do we how do we build society? Like you know, like you were saying about how oh, it's limiting that women like the not you were saying that, but you're just kind of echoing what what people may claim, right? Think about this: is that who is supposed to raise the future generation, right? Yeah, of Canadians or of 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 Pakistanis or or whatever whatever population you want to pick, you know, Muslims yeah. or whatever, right? My point is is that that's not that's not something you can just leave to the iPad, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's not something you can just leave to you know the school. Like, how is that a kind of like how is that an answer to how the future generation should be, right? You need to have that as that's not something that should be random that should yeah. be oh like well that'll just kind of sort itself out right and it's, it's not, not it's not a personal decision right like it's not it's a decision that will affect other people right it's <laughs> it's the it's the it's the hadith of rasulullah where he describes society as a ship right yeah like if if the people in the in the lower decks in their effort to get water start making holes in the ship that's not a personal decision right like that that the ship's gonna sink all of it Absolutely. right and so similarly if you know you've got like parents that are given no guidance as to how to raise their children right um and no supports on how to do it you're just raising the next generation of sociopaths and we're all hurt by that right that's not something that's uh that's a personal decision yeah and, and that's and that broken people create more broken people and that's when you end up within capitalism right is that like you know when you look at someone like amber heard or even johnny depp that was co- quite uh, clear like from his life like how you know he suddenly realized that um you know that uh, the sort of the abuse he endured from uh, his mom was now being meted out to him by his uh, wife yeah. uh, that that sort of kind of reality you'll find that in a lot of people and I'm sure that though I don't know in specific that you know perhaps that was the case with Amber Heard as well right as there was yeah. she came from a maybe from a broken set of circumstances as well right and that it just kind of self-perpetuates where that if if we don't if we do not adopt the vision of Islam that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has revealed because Allah knows best then we then we face these kind of problems and and I think that this is really you know the what what human beings have to come to terms with that the current trajectory we're on of this 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 system of uh, you know capitalism and the, the system of freedom you know it offers no vision and no guidance and that that is sorely needed and we can clearly see that when it comes to the family context yeah I think one thing that is lacking in the discussions that we have around these issues is really empathizing with the other person's concerns right and really jumping the gun to making a, a very personal character judgment on them right so for example like a, a lot of guys are you know rightfully concerned when they hear that you know uh the person they're marrying might be interested or very committed to like a personal career right and like look i mean the way i see it man or woman if you derive your sense of identity from a career you're doing it wrong right like that's not that's not what the career that's not what your career is and islamically that that leads to a series of issues when your career is part of a system of of capitalism right uh regardless of the individual you know you may be in a in a halal career i'm not saying that right but like if you derive some sense of 
identity from a, 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 a capitalist corporate structure. Something's wrong, right? Um, whether you're a man or a woman. Um, but in a lot of cases, what a man might not understand is that there are genuine economic anxieties that a woman has to deal with, right? Like she doesn't live in a society where you have an, uh, you know, an, uh, uh, an, an Omar al-Khattab who will say that if a woman doesn't have a wali, Omar is her wali, right? Like what right. she said as a khalifa, right? Um, that's not the society she lives in, which means that if something happens to her husband, you know, either through conflict or through tragedy or whatever, right? She will be responsible for her own upkeep, right? right. Um, legally, right? Like no one else will be held responsible. You know, Islamically, of course, her father or brother or uncle or someone should be, right? Um, but if that doesn't happen, it's not like the state can force it to happen. We live in an individualistic society, right? So it's like, oh, well, why did you choose to trust this guy who ended up leaving you or dying, right? Um, yeah. And so, so you foot the bill, right? And that's a real fear that she has. And you can get mad at her individually for it, or you can understand that the problem is not her. The enemy is not her. The enemy is the system, right? That is getting her to even begin to be worried about, right? Um, Islam provides the rights of women in theory, but until that Islam is implemented, you know, those rights don't actually belong to her, right? Like she doesn't yeah. have them until, until, until she knows there's a state committed to those ideals, right? Um, and so understanding that, I think, and having empathy with that. And it goes the other way around as well, right? Like a lot of women, for example, might feel really weird if they find out that, you know, the the man they married might have an addiction to something like pornography or something like that, right? right. And they'll be like, oh, that means he's indecent. That means he's not a good man. That means, you know, if he's still struggling with that post-marriage, he doesn't love me or is unfaithful or something like that. Um, and, you know, you could just hate the guy, right? Or or demonize the guy or, or, or in some way feel like he's a lesser person right or you could understand that you know there is an entire industry dedicated to addicting you know your you know any young men uh, uh to that lifestyle that it's that's it's fairly normal right and that every like, i'm not saying the addiction is fairly normal though that might be the case as well but the actual prevalence of indecency is very very normal right and and celebrating it is very normal as well right so um i think i think what's important about what you're saying is that you know understanding the societal context right yeah that we grew up in and that you know whether it's pornography or it's uh you know women have to take care of themselves and so you know they you know they're, they're forced to because like what ends up happening is that you know in most of the time is the woman has to take care of the kids and go to work you know what i mean yeah like that's kind of the reality and it's it, it it's a it's a tough sort of kind of th- you know kind of position that everyone's kind of put into right and and then that, that you know that that reality is like that's what we have to kind of understand is that like that need for the islamic uh system and the in the in the khilafah is a such a critical aspect of that because one of the most as- important aspects is like especially what you're saying especially on the with respect to women but even for men is economic rights because capitalism doesn't believe in economic rights it has like um you know what they call uh, there was a if you look at the universal declaration of human rights there are economics right in there but like both american officials and uh you know soviet officials at the time they both dismiss them as a letter to santa, santa claus or <laughs> uh, or pious phrases right because as you know christians they don't take uh you know the the the, the dean so seriously like when you ask them why according to them why did isa Ali salam kick out the moneylenders of the temple and they don't it's not it's not that they don't know it's just that they don't care right they don't care it's you not know. even a relevant discussion it's like, ah, no. they're, yeah you know they were stealing i, I don't know <laughs> yeah, I don't, yeah. What do you, so you should because uh, i think the phrase is there you know should we make because uh uh according to now i'm not i'm not saying that uh this is obviously it's not an islamic um uh this is not a narration from islam but they say that uh you know that he kicked him out he's saying you're making my father's house into a robber's den and so the question is what is it okay if they make a uh, that outside uh, uh, <laughs> make that whole earth of robbers in that's okay it's only the problem it's been in the temple right <laughs> yeah you're, you just get glazed eyes when you have that kind of discussion right yeah. but but the, but the point is is that uh, Islam and that's why like one of the aspects that I, I focus on is the economic rights because because it goes back to the issue of collaboration right yeah. and um, that that idea that uh, that when we live in a society we have to create this kind of healthy ecosystem of you know rights and responsibilities is that because at the end of the day when you look at daycare or these types of things 
you still want someone to give up their money to to fund that, right? So if you're yeah. saying you're pro dope day, daycare from a you know from a you know from like let's say in a Canadian context, yeah. then someone has to sacrifice for that daycare, right? Yeah. Whereas some also obviously recognizes that, but it just organizes things differently. Like that, you we have to understand what's that kind of balance with that, right? And it, that's what Islam enables those economic rights, whether it's from the husband to the wife, um, or from the state to the woman, from the state to the man, right? Because if the man is, in, you know, has uh, disabilities, for example, and can't work, the state should take care of them. Like when Omar, Omar bin Abdulaziz, may Allah be pleased with them, uh, the fifth rightly guided Khalifa, what happened when uh, he had extra money? What did he do with that money? He hired people uh, to take the blind to the masjid, right? So he, yeah. when he had extra money, he didn't give it to the banks. He gave it to, he bailed out, you know, people who were, uh, who were, who were blind, right? And and so that's how Islam looks at, it's the, the economic rights of Islam that that through the understanding that, you know, how the the taxation system works and how the funds flow in society is one of the most important aspects of that because if you don't have a way to fund rights they're just like like as 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 the, as the Americans and the Russians dismiss it it's they're just a letter to Santa Claus yeah they are right like they're they're a set of demands you're making from what <laughs> nothing right? yeah <laughs> absolutely right and so it's it's yeah I I think I think yeah to that the economic rights is definitely I think a big aspect of it but even just I mean when I when I'm talking about you know having empathy in these discussions i mean i think we just have to acknowledge the deep level of alienation that both men and women feel uh you know in the social you know kind of setting as well right um like you know we have this whole idea of incels for example right like this became a big deal after there was that guy what was it, alec manassian or whatever his name was the guy who ran over uh a bunch of people up in uh north york right yeah north york yeah, um, Nigeria. and uh and it was it was you know pretty you know a, a time when everyone started talking about incels but if if you really think about like what is an incel right like what does the word even mean it's someone who's involuntarily celibate right yeah it's someone who is who is wanting to engage in you know a, a, an intimate relationship with 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 other people uh but not being able to right and it's 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 all you know it's all fun to i guess make jokes about it but it doesn't address the deep level of pain that a lot of people and I there maybe in this context more guys feel about this right where they they haven't been given any kind of a pathway to a meaningful and fulfilling life right so yeah. when they get to a certain age when they're like in their late teens when there's already a lot of anxiety maybe the onset of mental illness you know a lot of other things happening at this time right uh there is no vision for them as you mentioned of what a good life looks like and so they think well okay you know uh, i try to go out there and talk to girls but that doesn't automatically work for me and that means women hate me which means i'll never be happy which means i should be mad at them right um and i should despair in my life and i should do what Whatever it is that I want. I remember I heard a story out of the States uh, where uh, someone uh, took a, brought a gun to school, right? Um, and started, uh, I think they began firing, but no one was actually hurt in in, in the firing. Um, and by that time, I think the police and the teachers and everyone kind of got involved, right? It right. wasn't like the Uvalde case where the cops just stood outside for an hour, right? <laughs> Um, that's absolute tragedy there. Um, but, um, but in, in this case, I think it was a gym teacher that found the kid. And at this point, the kid realizing that there were no more targets that would be successful had turned the gun to himself. Right. Mm. And, uh, the gym teacher just held this kid and just wouldn't let him go. Right. And the kid obviously started to cry and, you know, and like all that. And it was eventually like saved essentially from taking his own life. Right. Mm. But I think it was either on the kid's gun or i mean it was referenced somewhere the kid himself referenced the the bullet in his gun as the last red pill right mm. like it was the kid saying that like this is me accepting what life really is which is nothing meaningless like not worth living right and sure i'm not i'm not making excuses for mass shooters i'm not making excuses for any kind of toxic or abusive behavior but there is a deep level of pain there that comes from like just not having a clear script on how to navigate social life and you know uh, uh, even the the process of mating being this very individual kind of marketplace right where it's just you going out there and you know impressing someone through god knows what right 
not getting your family involved or anything like that and just like trying to to find someone yourself uh, through meaningless conversations at what a club or a coffee shop or whatever. And if you're not someone who's naturally prone to that or is very anxious or whatever, then it's a life of loneliness for you. Right. Um, and I mean, you know, obviously things have changed since then. I think, you know, with the the, the uh, outset of online dating and apps and stuff like that, maybe things have gotten a little easier for people. Maybe they haven't. Right. Maybe right. it's still just as bad. Right. I don't know. <laughs> but um, but yeah, it's it's I, I, I think all of that is, is worth considering. And I'm sure an equivalent version of that story uh, applies for women as well, right? Like we hear about incels and they're generally guys, right? I think even the term incel was coined by a woman, right? Describing herself, right? right. Um, and so, uh, you know, there's there's probably some kind of a, a culturally analogous, uh, you know, uh, version of that for women as well. And, and it's once again, just because there isn't really, you know, like uh, based on what you've been describing, society is, you called it collaboration, but maybe I, I would also call it like a collective struggle right like right. we're all uh constantly making an effort to reinforce a set of relationships that we believe are ordained by god right that allah has revealed to us these relationships that we're supposed to honor and so we're making a constant effort to honor those relationships it's not always fun it's not always easy it wouldn't always be my individual choice to do that right right um, that you know um you know some of them would be probably like your your your, your wife or your parents but there's others that may not right um, and in some cases, even in those relationships, there isn't there is an aspect of struggle, right? Or you're right. only doing it because you've been told by Allah that it's the right thing to do. And in the absence of that, in the absence of that collective vision and collective struggle, everyone's just kind of doing their own thing and then living with the consequences of loneliness, alienation, an increase in, in you know, uh, or an exasperation of the symptoms of mental illness or, or things like that. Right. So, yeah. And it's, it's, it's interesting, like as a Muslim, like we always, uh, you know, regardless of how Islamic you are as a, or, you know, whether you're, whether you range for, come from an Islamic family or a cultural family, like it, the default is that you're going to get married, you know, yeah. that regardless of how, you know, good things are, or how bad things are really, um, you know, in your, in your, in like you know where you grew up like it's not to say that you know we like i said you know broken people uh create broken you know uh broken people create broken people and a lot of uh, you know like that violence we see in the in the muslim lands it, it, it filters down in our into our own families right yeah and uh and there are issues right because we don't have the you know we don't have the proper even the muslim lands are not proper even though that there is much more islamic sentiments there uh and uh you know that that is obviously you know can't be understated no but 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 the point is is that we still believe that marriage in our minds you know if you contrast what you're saying um to this like hypothetical non-muslim um man or woman uh that you know we in our minds it's it's we have like that kind of background idea you might even even those people like muslims who sin they know that oh i eventually have to get married right like yeah. i have to i have to not i'm not and i get like you like you said we're not excusing you know kind of watching pornography or sinning or any of these kind of things all yeah. these things are haram right but the point is that the vision of marriage and this idea that i'm going to get married and that the quran because that ultimately that idea is coming from Quran and Sunnah, right? It's not coming from Pakistani culture or it's not coming from Turkish culture. It's coming from the Quran and Sunnah. This is the right way to be because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is ordained. Even if you have a vague understanding of that, what that really means, right? Yeah. You know, you know, someone who you know kind of grew up in this society. And I, and I think that's the one of the things, especially what you're mentioning about this, this kind of society and how it enjoins oh. what is evil and forbids what is right. Yeah. You know, when it comes to um, how like the social context it's the toxicity, like getting worse and worse. And some people blame social media. And, and when you look at those kind of algorithms, as we know, is, is, as we've discussed, they do it. They do accentuate kind of like narcissistic behavior and things like that. Right. So they, sure. they, they create a more toxic environment. And then it, you know, you know, because you've been socialized to think of women, especially as a man is, you know, which I can talk to, you know, you talk to, you've been taught to think about women in a certain way. And then when you, when you try to interact with women and you're rejected, it's like a, it's like it's very it's it's very like because you're trying to achieve something that is unachievable it's very it's very destructive right it's very destructive mm. very uh you know that because there is no real kind of vision it's not like if i do one two three four i will you know i will achieve that right so for example like what i mean is that if you're a good muslim uh you you know and you approach a, a sister you know uh, like you know going through proper channels going out and you go talk to the family and that type of thing they should accept you right if you have you know like you can provide for the sister you can provide for that there's a hadith that says you should 
should not reject a, like someone who is righteous, right? So there is a there's a there's a sort of a pattern that you can work on. You can try to improve yeah. your you know improve your as a Muslim as a Muslim man. You can improve your 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 uh, your your skills as as someone who can provide for the family. If you if you, you should get your own job, you should you know you should be a good Muslim. Like you should like you know, genuinely go back to the deen. And this yeah. will and we believe that these these kind of things that and that you should be patient as well, right? It yeah, might not happen yeah. tomorrow. It might not happen the next year, right? But the point is that you are patient uh, with that. And these these what it says Islam provides a path, and it and and it gives you a sort of a wider context, right? Because that sabr is with in what context? It's with Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, right? what you believe right so um you know I, I definitely agree that you know what you're saying is that you can't you know like as like because you know people always think oh a man should be strong and all that but it's very like you know re- when you're reject when a man is rejected by women it's very humiliating yeah. very humiliating right uh, in this society and it's your and- deepest fear when you're like a kid or like a teenager in the society it's like the thing that like motivates a lot of your behavior <laughs> as a young person right yeah. um because that's the thing you're avoiding right Right? The humiliation of a woman, you know, speaking to you in a way that makes it clear that she's not interested in you, right? Yeah, and it's it's and it's so you know it's so destructive to you as a as an individual, right? And and that and you know that you know for the people who are not aware who didn't grow up here, it's something that you have to be aware of and you have to understand that if you don't understand that, you can't understand like how that that you know what you just talked about that boy who wanted to end it all. If if I can I can understand why he would do that if he went through that kind of rejection. Um, it's 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 like that, and it's like that, and that's that heartlessness and it's not just it's not just the opposite gender but it's also this kind of bullying toxic culture yeah where like the lowest like the it's a race to the bottom type culture that kind of gets to the most kind of thing again it's the kid with the porno uh who is on top right not yeah. the one who's uh you know as we say see the saw that like you know a straight yeah. narrow kind of yeah. kid who's gonna like i'm talking about from a non-muslim perspective and the culture yeah. he's yeah. not the one rewarded right it's no. the one who is the most toxic most jerk uh kind of person that is the one who gets the jock you know culture which even yeah. even though i grew up a lot time ago as you like to point out uh, <laughs> you know like that's always been the thing and it's always been the one that you know the one who is the rudest and the dumbest in class and makes everyone laugh he's the one who's there but the one who's serious and and decent and nice is not the one who they make movies about he's not the one cool cool guy the good-looking guy who's the one who they make the movies about and you know he's the one in the class that everyone loves right where you know the stereotypical football player you know yeah. like kind of thing where it's like if you're scrawny and you're not physically you know fit uh, which is a lot of people these days, right? For sure, yeah. Is, you know, you're just nobody. And that's, you know, that that is... Uh that that is kind of the the kind of the ecosystem where these broken individuals are sort of generated. Yeah, and I I think I think I mean I, I mean we you you talked about like the stingingness of rejection. If you're a Muslim, you know you uh, you a, a the the process of marriage because it's an expectation, you know, on both sides, yours and the girl side. Uh, you know, there would you know I'm not saying you won't get rejected, obviously, right? Like that still happens. Uh, but the rejection wouldn't be so. It, it, it may not feel as final because you know that you were seriously considered and that if you maybe improve and work on a few things and do this, then next time maybe you won't be rejected, right? And so there's this kind of like hope that you have. There's this patience that you have as well, obviously, because that's something that Allah's you know, is rewarding you for that, right? So there is this inherent uh, motivation into that. But then just the way that our communities, even in the absence of Islam being implemented uh, in its totality, you know, the way our communities work, generally, you know, men and women, get married right like it yeah. still happens <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because, yeah you know like you, you're a good muslim you're providing you know there's going to be some sister out there that's also a good muslim and you know wants to take care of your family wants to take care of you and wants you to take care of her right so yeah. i mean uh because because that is the the expectation and because we won't be able to you know go and you know party you know and 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 you know f- uh, fulfill any kind of uh, desires that way right islamically yeah. um, that will still end up happening even if you aren't you know some kind of you know dream boat or whatever right um uh, but i guess i guess where, where where we can where we can conclude the discussion really is that it is at the end of the day that idea of having a collective vision, right? That is uh, separate from the individual experiences you may have, right? Whether uh, it's negative experiences with men or with women, uh, whether it's experiences with rejection or experiences with abuse, you know, whatever it is specifically that you've seen, it's understanding that your experiences are obviously yours and, you know, no one's taking away from that. But 
there is a broader context that we have to change, right? Um, and that if we are not working on changing that broader context together, if, if, if the goal of your life is just to point out the flaws of the other gender, right? And not to change the broader context that make those flaws more exasperated or that encourages those flaws, uh, then you really have to reconsider what you're doing, right? Absolutely. And, uh, you know, it, it's that idea that, you know, like, uh, you know, just to conclude, it's that it happens in the in the context of that this life is, is uh, you know, it's just um, temporary. And, and it's the wide expanse of the akhirah and, yeah. the, and, and the reward in the in with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the ultimate goal. When you only have this life, it makes you very desperate for it. Right. And not, not surprisingly. Right. Because if this is all you have, then this is all you have. Right. It's like you you will be desperate to try to grab it and do that. And it won't come to you because what Allah's written is going to happen, whether you're Muslim or non-Muslim. It's, it's up to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Well, you'll get something. Right. And and it, and I think that, you know, when you going back to that marriage context, it's like, you know, this, you know, the Salat al-Istikhara, right, like where you make the dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to kind of open up something and close something. And that and that's where it's that you can't look at the marriage process or even marriage itself out with outside that context of trust with trust, trusting Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he will has your best for you and having that, that relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? That, that this, uh, you know, this tranquility that we experience as, as husband and wife is kind of built um, on this wider, you know, canvas that, yeah. you know, which is, you know, our relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, because at the end of the day, you know, you know, none of us are going to live forever. And at the end of the day, we don't know what's good for us or what's bad for us. And that, and that's why we we're completely relying on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as Johnny Depp can tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, that, that my marriage was not such a good idea after all. No, right? no, I, don't, I, think, I think they would both attest to that, to be honest with you. Um, but yeah, it's, it's Johnny Depp should become Muslim and have made Salat al-Istikhara, right? So, but, <laughs> and, and, and I'm not joking. So, but uh, but that's that's the beauty of Islam, that there's this wider context with, you know, that you have this relationship with the Creator and that you you trust in Him, subhanahu wa ta'ala, that He will guide you and and and, and take care take you through this journey of from birth. Uh, to the grave and beyond, inshallah. Yeah, I, I remember before I was getting married, uh, a close friend said something really helpful to me. He said, you know, you are not going to achieve Jannah by realizing your rights. You're going to achieve Jannah by fulfilling her rights, right? And it was such, a, such an interesting way to think about it, right? Where that's not just true for marriage, that's just true, right? Like generally, yeah. that your pathway to Jannah is paved through other people, right? Like right. It, 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 if you, you know, there's the uh, the famous, uh, you know, hadith of the man who is a very pious worshiper, but his whole society is, is, is astray. And so when Allah is punishing the society, the angel goes and tells him, uh, there's this man, you know, who is very pious, who's always worshiping you. And Allah says, destroy him first. <laughs> Right? right, because he didn't he didn't make any effort to guide the society while himself having that deep realization, right? Right, um, and so your pathway to Jannah is paved through your ability to engage with other people uh, justly and to you know fulfill their rights, and and then of course obviously you know maintain the the personal ibadat as well and excel in those. Um, and so you know when when that it is that mindset of of guidance of seeking Jannah of no knowing that you are part of a much bigger picture. Why would you care about collective obligations if it weren't for Jannah, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, sure, everyone wants to be part of something bigger than themselves, but that's not enough, right? No, it's not. Like, you get a lot of, like, people who are more a left of center who talk about, like, collectives and socialism and stuff like that. But then you look at the deeply toxic relationships and work cultures and things that they create within their own, you know, spaces, right? Yeah. Because it's not enough to have some kind of, you know, materialist sense of being a worker or whatever. Right. Like you need a deep spiritual connection to the idea of the betterment of society and, you know, a relationship with Allah and, you know, uh, eternal company with him uh, in Jannah is really the only thing that could that could motivate you to care about that struggle. Right. Absolutely. So, but uh, but Jazakallah Khair, Malik, uh, for, for your time and, uh, you know, for for kind of taking us through some of the technicalities of this conversation. Um, inshallah, people found it beneficial. Uh, Jazakallah Khair for anyone who's listened to this and inshallah you'll join us next time uh, when uh, when we discuss whatever it is that our next topic will be inshallah uh, assalamu alaikum uh, and uh, may Allah keep us all in his protection and his guidance I mean I mean assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh